0: Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Overcast, the Chagas Sheep Podcast. Each episode brings bring less insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. In the current episode, we're going to focus on external parasite control and in particular the use of sheep dips. Firstly, we're joined by Michael Gosling, head of Sheep and Chagas, who discusses the role sheep dip can play in external parasite control, how it can be best used and what key considerations we need to take into account when using both from a human and an animal point of view. In second half of the podcast, we're joined by Kevin O'Sullivan, Acid Advisor with Chagask, who discusses best practice when using sheep dip, both from dip procedure to disposal of dip afterwards. I'm joined now by Michael Gossine, Head of Sheep and Chagask. Michael, thanks for joining us again. Thank you, Kieran. Michael, I we'll go to the topic um, of external parasites and maybe just want to focus for a few minutes. We've seen a resurgence and an increase in interest in dipping sheep in recent years. Maybe just give us a bit of background. Why is dipping a good means of control for external parasites?
1: Yeah, so I suppose plunge dipping is... Um, it was around years ago before we had porons and spot-ons. The only option people really had was plunge dipping. And, and that time there was dipping tanks all around the country. And people used to dip their sheep. A number of times um, every year to control all the external parasites so m- most of the dips are are quite effective at controlling um, fight for a period of time uh, after dipping um, ticks um, biting and sucking lice and and then sheep scab um, now not all of the dips uh, control uh, ticks but um, uh, or are licensed to control uh, ticks as such. I suppose then we had uh, lots of different poron formulations and injectable um, ivermectin type products or ivermectins and and the convenience of those kind of took over and a lot of people I suppose stopped dipping for for a number of years and I think we've seen an increase in 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 problems with, in particular, probably biting lice um, and sheep scab and and difficulty in controlling those. So uh, you you mentioned a couple of points, we'll go back on, but you mentioned there we have different products for
0: using in dips. Maybe you'll just outline what they are.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's lots of different dips on the market, but I suppose they all belong to one of two um, families of active ingredients. So the first one are the organophosphate, Um, that's the oldest type dip that we have there Um, and that's the one I suppose that in the past from a human health point of view you need to be most more more careful with Um, so the organophosphate is is the one that's really effective I suppose against um, sheep scab biting and sucking lice um, and blowfly. it's not licensed for, for, for use against ticks uh, the second type of, of active ingredient we then have is a cypometrin. Um So that's an insecticide. And that particular uh, product is very effective against all the external parasites. So you have your, your biting, sucking lice, um, your, your maggots and blowfly strike for a period of time after dipping, and also your ticks and your sheep scat.
0: So when you mentioned cypherrin, that's one we typically see in a lot of the topical sprays that we can use. I'm thinking just, and you mentioned there about convenience, one of the other things we, we've we seen an increase or more relying heavily on in the industry has been injectable ivermectins, particularly for scab control. But that poses its own challenge, particularly with resistance. Um, the need to move away from that is really upon us now.
1: Yeah, so um, injectable macrocyclic lactones, or your ivermectins, um, your doramectins, or your moxidectins, they they came about in the in the eighties, and they are effective against um, sheep scab and sucking lice if they're used um, properly. I suppose the, the, the challenge we have with those products is that we're now in a time when lots of... of they're also uh, antelmintics or wormers and we're, we're now seeing lots of resistance to the different antelmintic classes on sheep farms. So what we're saying is really we don't want to be using an antelmintic or a wormer when we don't need it um, uh, to, to kill worms in sheep that are, are being production limited by that worm burden. So what I'm saying really is we shouldn't be going out and injecting every sheep with a macrocyclic lactone, either an ivermectin-type product, a doramectin or a moxidectin-type product, simply because we are selecting for worms that are resistant to that particular active ingredient. So that's the first reason why, I suppose, we should try to routinely avoid using injectable um, macrocyclic lactones for a scab control i suppose the second thing that's coming up on that and it, it's something that emerged in the last year or two from the uk is that they have found sheep scab that is resistant to these injectable macrocyclic lactones so n- not only is there an issue there now with worms being resistant but we're also finding scab being resistant so the effectiveness of that particular control method is being uh, um, put into question i suppose So the convenience of it was obvious but there is that risk then for two on two folds. Uh,
0: look not everybody's going to have a dip so where you're in an area where scabbing that's a risk or you're buying in the store lands and it's a risk there are mobile dippers now going around the country
1: offering a service on farms. How effective is that? Yeah so I think the the, the important thing with uh, with dipping sheep is that number one we make up the dip solution correctly Um, so that we use the required amount of dip per 100 gallons of dip that we have in the dip wash. The second one is that as we start dipping the sheep, um, the wool of the sheep will absorb some of the active ingredient. Um, So we need to replenish it after every... 35 or 36 sheep for the smaller tanks or uh, might be 90 sheep for the bigger tanks you'll follow the instructions uh, that are supplied with the dip for that so that's the second thing is that we 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 replenish it uh, as directed and then the third thing is that they're emerged in the dip solution for a suitable length of time and that length of time is important because that's the time during which the dip the active ingredient that's in this dip either the cypermethrin or the organophosphate is absorbed into the wool and that's what gives us that residual activity and the ability to kill the parasites so what we say for sheep scab for dipping to be effective against sheep scab the sheep need to be immersed in the dip solution for at least 60 seconds so you know, what we're talking about when, when we're talking about dipping sheep is primarily that it's dipping sheep. And as you mentioned, there's a number of, of mobile dippers, or a lot of mobile dippers around the country now. Some of those dippers have plunge dip bats, mobile plunge dip bats, and th- those are absolutely effective provided that the, the initial concentration is appropriate and that it's topped up and that the sheep stay in it for 60 seconds each. There's also um, shower. Dip, dip dipping units around the country and those are not recommended uh, from a scab point of view there's actually no active ingredient that is licensed put to put through those machine and there's no work really done to show that they're effective against sheep scab uh, they're used quite a lot in, in New Zealand and Australia where they don't have sheep scab. They eradicated sheep scab over 100 years ago in those two countries. So they're used in those countries primarily on bare shore and sheep um, you know, to control lice and and, and and maybe for a short period of time blow fly strike. So what we're saying really is it's dipping in a tub, either a mobile tub or a, a, a static Dip tub on your farm, uh, 60 seconds, right concentration, forget about showering. Okay, and uh, look, uh, another point you made well at the beginning, and
0: it's something worth remembering these are chemicals we're handling, and personal protective equipment is important. You need to be well prepared when you are going to go dipping.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, if we look at the organophosphates, the older type dips, those are actually nerve agents that you know would have been developed around World War One um and 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 basically they affect the nervous system of the parasites on the sheep and and conversely they also affect us Uh, you know so we don't want to be um in contact with them so really protective equipment is important a face shield when you're making it up only dip sheep Outside, not in an enclosed area, because the vapors and the and, and the gases coming off it will affect you. And and there are people in Ireland and other countries who have been adversely affected by by sheep dip. So what we would be saying is, you know, proper apron, um, Wellingtons, not leather boots, gloves. Um, you know, wash your 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 hands and, and and face if if you accidentally get splashes on them. Um, you know, and in particular when you're handling the dip concentrate, the concentrated dip to follow the instructions. All the the dips now, the organophosphate dips, have dispensing mechanisms. So you can't just literally open the the tin that you buy and pour it in. There's a special dispensing mechanism um, to, to basically put the dip into the dip tub for you uh, without risking you coming in contact with it so it's important that we use those it's, it's essential you take care when you handle. handling absolutely the second dip that the type dip that is out there is cypermetrin now cypermetrin is, a, is an insecticide again look at we don't want to be coming unnecessarily in contact with it but it, i suppose it's not from a human health point of view it's not as toxic but that's not to say that we shouldn't be taking the same precautions so really people dipping you know Proper protective clothing, uh, rainproof apron, um, face shield when you're putting in the, the the concentrate, you know, gloves and rubber boots, and follow instructions and follow that. your instructions. Yeah, uh, Michael, maybe just we'll finish up on one last bit. We talked about the prep of the operator
0: in terms of the preparation for the sheep coming into it. What kind of condition do you want them in for dipping?
1: Yep. So uh, when we're dipping sheep, really, what we want is um, a dry day. And sheep that are rested and and fasted for a period of time, just to reduce the amount of soiling around the dip, um, and 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 in the dip tub. Um, so dry sheep, sheep that are settled, that aren't out of breath, you know, um, that have a chance to settle down, and that have been fasted for 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 a period of time. And really, we'd probably be looking for at least twenty four to forty eight hours of dry weather afterwards to allow that dri- that dip to dry into the fleece. Um, you know, so that it can, the active ingredient can be absorbed into the wool and be retained there for a period of time. Okay. Michael, thanks very much for that. You're welcome.
0: I'm joined now by Kevin O'Sullivan. He's the ASAP advisor with Chagosk in County Kerry. Kevin, thanks for joining us.
2: You're very welcome, Karen.
0: Kevin, earlier on the podcast, we talked to Michael Gostein about the increasing usage of DIP again and why we should be using DIP as a means of external parasite control. Maybe if we take another approach to it or look at another aspect of it, using DIP where it's very effective, but it also has a potential environmental risk when it's used incorrectly. You might just take us through some of the key aspects of DIP and procedure to protect the environment.
2: Yeah, yes, indeed, Karen. Um I suppose, I mean, what Michael said about kind of the effectiveness of sheep DIP, of course, what they're designed to do is they're insecticides and they're very good at what they do. So we have to be careful that they don't get into water because they'll do the exact same thing as water as the loo and sheep so because of that the actual procedure around dipping is important okay so there's a few things i suppose we have to look at first of all the the dipping tank area is it sound and and um, we also it's important that it's leak proof so that there isn't any used sheep dip going to leak out of it during the process of dipping um we need to watch the weather forecast that um there's no rain forecast. obviously you don't want to be dipping sheep if they're wet anyway you know um once the 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 the, the sheep are dipped okay and they're held in in the tank for the required period um you need to drain those sheep for um, for What's recommended is about ten minutes afterwards, so that there's no excess um, tr- uh, sheep dip on those sheep that can get into a water course afterward. You you release them from the pen, okay? The pens will need to be concrete, of course, so uh, that the used sheep dip is not going to go through a gravel uh, floor that and get in maybe get into groundwater. Um, Ideally, you'd want to uh, prevent um, dipped sheep having access to drains or watercourses after dipping. So, if you could have maybe a field, if there's a field alongside uh, a dipping area that has no drain or watercourse in it, that's ideal and they can be put into that. And once they're dried, then they can be moved off. Or another option is maybe to house them for a period of time and, and let them dry off before you release them.
0: I think you made a key point there. Like even in the use of mobile dippers, it's important to select your site carefully, that it's not in close proximity to a watercourse.
2: Exactly the same thing applies with mobile dips, uh, Kieran. Yeah. Um, so you, I suppose they have the advantage in that you can actually select the site that you want to use them. So you could dip on, maybe in a field that you know there's no watercourse that drains in, and select that, and <laughs> perfect.
0: I suppose the other aspect, Kevin, when we have the sheep dipped, we also have to consider dip disposal. What's your recommendations on that?
2: Yeah, uh, this is possibly the most important part of it, really, as regards uh, dip disposal. So, the um first of all, I—I I mean, if you don't dispose of the sheep dipping, you leave it in the dipping tank, it's going to get into a watercourse, or it's going to get into a drain, it's going to overflow. So, the first thing I would say on that, Kieran, is that if you haven't got means of disposal of sheep dip, you shouldn't be dipping maybe in the first place okay now i'll run through how what is the right way to disposal dispose of it. um the id first to start with wash the dipping area okay and collect all uh the the dip the washings and so on into the tank okay then um what you should do with the used sheep dip is mix mix it with a minimum of one to three parts with slurry or water. Okay, so what you're looking at that is is um, a slurry use of a slurry tanker. Okay, so
0: that, you're you're essentially just diluting out
2: the dip that you're using. Exactly, one to three. So you can use either, okay? Either slurry or water. So if you have slurry inside in a tank, you could fill it up with the sheep dip and put it in the top of it. Or if you have access to water, don't go. Be careful with water now. When the guards don't go filling water, maybe and maybe inadvertently mixing sheep dip and water when you're if you're sucking water over a stream or something. So try and avoid that if you can. You know, put. Um, once you've the mix made up, then the one to three mix uh, of the used sheep dip and the slurry and water, or whatever, you can spread that. Look at the handy, the figure that's probably easiest to remember is about 2,000 gallons per acre. Okay? And what's recommended is that you spread that into on the same air, area every year, because apparently what happens is that the microorganisms organisms in the soil adapt um, to breaking down use sheep, sheep tip and over a number of years they'll break it down easier or better if you like. And, and uh,
0: again that area should be well away from any potential course or seepage.
2: Absolutely same thing applies again Karen. yeah that's absolutely it. Now because you're using a slurry tanker okay or that and you're going to need a tractor and a tanker not all dipping tanks are going to have accessibility for that so you need to be careful maybe about considering using those in the first place at all Okay. And
0: that go, that goes back to your earlier point that it may not be suitable for every operator.
2: Absolutely, there is tanks. We see them kind of in our programme. We come across tanks that fair enough when when they were built, uh, there wasn't an awareness of the environmental issues of uh, uh, from sheep dip, you know. But now we are becoming more aware of them. If they haven't got accessibility for the disposal of the sheep dip, they, they probably should not be used. In fact, they definitely should not be used
0: and kevin i'm just conscious following dipping like we have the containers to consider as well any advice on that
2: yeah it's a thing you could overlook you know and because there's such good effective chemicals and that sheep dips we maybe could could kind of forget about used containers or even lids of containers left around or thrown around maybe at dipping time so the, if you think of these you should um uh dispose of these or use these something similar as if you're using uh say a spray can for uh, a herbicide so rinse them out three times rinse the lids out as well put the rinse into the dipping tank so they're cleaned out properly and dispose uh take the containers away and the lids away of from the sheep dipping area and dispose them properly so look at i suppose here and what we're trying to do the kind of line on this is try and stop any drop getting into a watercourse or a drain if we possibly can and i suppose the line on it is to stop every drop
0: okay thanks kevin some great advice on the best practical advice for sheep dipping kevin thanks for taking the time to join us
2: yeah at all kevin you're very welcome
0: we're going to finish the episode up at this point i would like to thank both michael and kevin for giving up the time to be with us and offering their insights in both the role of sheep dip, how it can be best used and some of the environmental considerations we need to take into account when using sheep dip, either in fixed units or mobile units. It is an area we're likely going to see a lot more frequently on farms in the coming years, particularly in lieu of developing resistance to injectable livalmectins. Again, for any other updates from the sheep program, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chagas Sheep. I'm Kierlin Lynch. Thanks for joining us in this episode of OviCast. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to the next episode.